Are you holding off on training your loan partners, your loan assistants, your team members and support staff on how to wow your clients? Are they getting that kind of training from you? You probably plan on training them if you get a few extra hours, but when does that happen realistically? And meanwhile, your team is doing the best they can with the information that they have. But you know, this kind of training really doesn't exist anywhere else. When you do the training, that means you're not as responsive as you want to be with your clients and you're not hitting your closing and income goals as a loan officer. So how much is it costing you to not have a team that's properly trained how to wow clients and referral partners so that they only want to work with you because of the great experience that they're getting? We teach them how to use efficient step-by-step processes and systems that work how to follow up so nothing falls through the cracks and loans close on time and even early, how to build wonderful relationships with clients, how to wow people so they go, man, that was an amazing experience. The members of his or her team are amazing. They're so on it. How to use scripts and dialogues for winning clients, setting expectations and communicating with clients so that you can prevent problems down the road how to handle difficult clients, how to make clients feel appreciated and valued, and how to handle and overcome objections. It might be time to ask for some help. That's why we're here. Loan Team Training has our next live WOW training coming up. We train your team for you so you can focus on closing loans. Check it out at LoanTeamTraining.com for our next class and see how many five-star reviews we have from past WOW training participants and their loan officers who sent them at LoanTeamTrainingReviews.com. Remember, it's an interactive virtual training with live trainers, and we train any of your support staff that is communicating with clients and referral partners. Our sessions are 9 to 11.30 Pacific time. Check us out and sign your loan partner or team member up at LoanTeamTraining.com. Welcome to the Loan Officer Team Training. Uh, today, I have a very special guest, a very special friend. Her name is Tony Taylor, and she's in Florida. She's an originator. She's a coach with the Freedom Club, the Mortgage Marketing Animals Freedom Club, and she is a mom and a wife and <laughs> all kinds of things that you've got on your plate, right? <laughs> I do. Hi, Irene. How are you? I'm good. It's good to have you here today. <laughs> and I'm so grateful me. that you took time out of your your busy schedule to, to be on this podcast today, to give us some value, to talk to us about what has worked for you, what you're working on now, and and just those types of things. And so it's going to be fun. I'm yeah, no, I love it. I love it. This is a great, no, I appreciate it. I'll hang out with you anytime I get the chance. So this yeah, is, a, a, I really a, enjoy a, it having our conversation. Treat. So it's really just a conversation and talking about, so tell us about how you got in the mortgage business and how long you've been in the mortgage business and okay. whether you're a broker, I know what you are, but tell us. Yeah. So I'm a broker. I got into the business back in 1990. It's a, a kind of a you know crazy story, but I was 19 years old. I moved to, from Michigan to Florida. I was waiting tables and I um, had a, a circumstance that left me into a financial crisis. And I ended up being led to a financial company that helped me out of my financial crisis and then also offered me a job. 
And at that company, we did consumer loans, we did mortgages, we did home equity lines of credit, basically kind of everything. So I started in lending and it was, uh, you know, for, for the seasoned listeners out there, it was a finance company. It was a consumer finance company. I don't even know that they exist anymore, <laughs> but it was an amazing training ground. So I, I spent seven years, uh, worked my way up very quickly. I was actually one of the youngest people to ever take on management in that company. They didn't, back then, they wouldn't allow you to promote without a college degree. And I didn't have one. I still don't. Mm-hmm. I don't um, either. Yep. But I was tenacious and stubborn and <laughs> I was, I was determined. And so I scrapped and clawed and, and kept fighting and demanding and kept working hard and showing up and eventually worked my way through. And then um, I went into wholesale. I left that environment seven years later, went into wholesale mortgages and then ended up through that evolution, actually overseeing, opened up from the ground up a small boutique wholesale company and then ran that until the financial crisis in 2008. We closed up the doors on that. And um, then I got back into the the retail channels, worked for some lenders, kind of bounced around back then from the broker to the lending and hung out in the lending space for a little bit. And then I became a broker again back in, I think it was 13, went back mm. over to the broker space and I've been a broker since then. So it's it's been a great ride. That's great. And you own your own company. And I do. How many people do you have working there? Yeah. So right now I have four loan originators mm-hmm. and I have four support people inside uh, virtual assistant and I use contract processors. Okay. And do the loan partners that you have, do they support all of the loan officers or just your business or how does that work? No, they support everybody. So, and and we don't, you know, like I know there's different ways of friends and, and people in the group that run it from a pod standpoint where people have a designated person, but mm-hmm. kind of the same, we've approached it with the same concept that, well, if I have one loan partner that's assigned to me and they're not available, then people are now waiting, right? So we decided that instead of doing it that way, that we would work it to where it's kind of a round robin. And that also gives, no matter who the originator is, the truth is not everybody gels with everybody, whether it's the originator gelling with somebody on the team or whether it's a a business partner gelling or even a customer gelling with somebody on the team. So by having us, you know, have access to everybody on the team, anybody can call up and say, hey, you know, this client's not feeling it with this loan partner or this realtor's not feeling it with this loan partner. Can we reassign them to somebody else? And we have that flexibility to do that. So it's worked out really well. And then we don't have the issue of, you know, somebody's on vacation or somebody's just on the phone with another client and somebody having to wait because the phones are set up to run where they'll round rob it until somebody grabs that call. That's so great. it works it works pretty well. Yeah, I really like the round robin thing because then you can tell everyone's getting an equal amount of leads. It's kind of being distributed through everybody. And as long as everybody's doing it the same way every time, like you don't have one loan officer that wants it this way and another loan officer that wants it that way. Tell us how you work that. Because a lot of times the loan officers, you know, they all want different things from the loan partner. So how do you handle that? Yeah. So that's interesting. You know, there is always a little bit of a difference, but for the most part, you have to create some standards. Otherwise it disrupts your organization. So if you, you, you can't, and I think that, you know, one of the risks is if you have somebody come in that's a really high producer, then people think, oh, I have to modify to accommodate them. But, you know, it's almost more important that you don't in that situation because the more consistent things are, then the better they work. If you yes. start doing things out of sequence, then it will mess up the experience for everybody involved. So it really, it, it doesn't matter who it is. And in communications, everything, I think that, you know, the other piece is that everybody that works here is is remote. 
So we don't sit in the same office. We don't, we're not down the hall. We have, I have people in Michigan, Wisconsin, around Florida. I've had people in, you know, Puerto Rico before other parts of the state or the, the United States. And so we don't have that luxury of walking down the hall and having a conversation. So communication is super important. You know, my team, I tell them all the time, whatever you, you cannot have anything stored in your head or on your desk. It's worthless to the rest of the organization. If it's in those two yes. spaces, it has to be in the systems. So that communications get, it has to get out of your head and has to get into the system and do not make your team rediscover things you've already discovered. Yes. So that that's just a discipline. It's a, you know, look, some people have had to learn it. Some people it comes naturally to. And we've had some salespeople that we've just decided, you know what, it, it just doesn't gel. It's it's not the right fit for the team. And we can't disrupt everything for one person. Mm-hmm. It works the way that we do it. Our reputation is really strong. We're really proud of that. And we want to replicate that. So we, we look at it and we, you know, the kind of the attitude or the approach is that what we're doing, we know is working really well. Mm-hmm. So to have somebody come in and, and think that we can ever flow it differently, it just jeopardizes everything. Yeah. Right. And not to say we're not open. If somebody sees a way that we can improve or refine something, I, I want to hear that they're outside. Oh, absolutely. Valuable for yes. sure. But it can't be, I'm a high producer, so you have to modify everything to please me. It has mm-hmm. to be because it makes sense for the whole organization yes. to, to make it better for everybody involved. Yeah. And as coaches, I'm sure you've seen, as well as me over the years, people that have teams and you know they have a loan partner that supports them. And one loan, part, loan, one loan officer wants it one way, one wants it another way. And it just doesn't work that way. If you're going to be sharing loan partners, there needs to be sweat the same way every time. And part of that, like you said, especially with virtual people, not just especially with virtual people, but I think that that has opened up our eyes even more having virtual employees that you do have to have a system where everything is, everything is written in there. You have notes that you take so that if Susie is out, Joe can take over seamlessly with no problem. So that's part of having a system. And you know, I, I always say you've got to, it's got to be done if you were to be hit by a bus, right? And we had last year, we had some things happen in our organization. I had one of my employees lived in Cape Coral, lives in Cape Coral, and he was hit by Hurricane Ian. He, now, granted, we have a couple of days leading up to that, but the truth is you can't go through all the files and, you know, think that you can remember everything because you didn't do a good job. You have to do it as it's happening. Yes. And then on top of that, literally days later, I was in the hospital having a surgery that I didn't plan on. Two months later, he was in the hospital having some health emergencies that were completely not planned for. Had we not done what we had done, it would have been very easy for balls to be dropped. But because we are so disciplined about doing that, the team is actually able to pick up and know exactly where they left off and not have anxiety or or jeopardize the experience for our partners and our, our loan officers and, and the clients. It really was just kind of business as usual. And nobody really experienced any any impact of somebody being down for whatever time they were affected because of the circumstances. Imagine how that would have gone had they not had notes in a system yeah. where everybody had the ability to get in it. 
And let me ask you this. When you have your team meetings, do you get on Zoom where you can see each other or do you just get on the phone with each other? How does that work for your team meetings? We live on Teams, the you know Microsoft Office Teams. We mm-hmm. live on that a lot. And um, we chat with each other on that. We call each other on that. And I want to see their faces. You know, I'm like, yes. look, we're, it's the only way we can be connected, especially because we're spread out. I want to know who you are. I want to feel like it, I want us to have as much of a human interaction as we possibly can, even though we're not sitting next to one another. Mm-hmm. So we are on that all day long. It, it, you know, it's funny. I was thinking about it this morning and I thought it's a little quiet. Today's Martin Luther King, right? So a lot of companies are closed. My my office is technically closed, but I've been working today. And I thought, you know, it's a little quiet. And that I was thinking the team's chat's a little quiet. And I'm like, hmm, we might need to, we might be a little loud on that. We might need to quiet that down a little bit so people <laughs> can have some more focus time because I do, it, it can get a little bit out of hand, but it can. Yeah, it can. So I think that, that it, it made me aware today that, you know, I'm getting a lot done because I don't have have all of this kind of chiming in the background. Mm-hmm. So I think that, um, but yeah, I, I think the video is really important. I think so too, because it helps you connect. If you can't connect in person, it's almost like in person, right? It's yes. just not, you can't touch each other, but you can you can see each other and it makes a big difference because you can't develop yeah. a relationship the same way over a phone that you yeah. can when you're seeing each other. You know, when I first started coaching 10 years ago in the Freedom Club, we didn't have Zoom or Teams or any of that stuff that we used. I guess maybe when Carl and Tammy started coaching, they used go to webinar and they did have video, but I never did for some reason. I just started doing it maybe, maybe five years ago, maybe. And it's made a huge difference because now instead of looking at a picture, I'm actually talking to people and I can recognize them when I see them. And it's the same way with a team. You feel like you know them because you've seen them, even if you don't see each other very often. The next question I have about your team is when you first hired them, did you, I know you've been through a lot over the years, different hiring, but now what advice would you have for loan officers? Two pieces of advice. Number one, for the loan officer that can't or doesn't want to hire somebody with experience already because they already have habits and things like that, that they don't want to have to redo. And the second one would be for the loan officer that does have experience, what what advice would you give them on training each of those two people? Now, I know the first piece of advice is don't hire if they don't have experience. <laughs> that yeah. I know for sure, because that's what we teach. Yeah. So there's two things, right? I mean, and I've hired people with no experience. And I think that it depends what you're hiring somebody for. So I, I love, and I, and I actually have a person on my team. I did something that I swore I would never do. And I was hired, I hired a family member. And I know you guys have family that yes. you've worked with, and it's worked very well for you. Mm-hmm. I was very nervous about this. My sister-in-law had wanted to come and explore the, the possibility for several years, and I would not even have the conversation. I was just very fearful that if it did not work, that it was not going to end well. Mm-hmm. And this last year, um, I had somebody going on maternity leave, and I was like, okay, it was it was a a loan officer assistant, somebody that would do, you know, kind of file set up, get the documents in place, things like that. Something that would be a lot easier to teach from the ground up. Uh-huh. And so I did, I ended up taking the chance and man, I'm kicking myself. I wish I'd have hired her for five years earlier. Uh-huh. So I do think that aptitude is super, super important. And I yes. think that the more things you can do to flush out what somebody's aptitude is. And, you know, as you know, we do the the evaluations, the DISC evaluations, and, and we use the, you know, the three layers of that, which flushes a lot out, but it still doesn't tell you what somebody's aptitude is. Right. You know, that's a personality kind of evaluation. And 
the aptitude is that, you know, I think their ability to number one, critically think their ability to handle a lot of things at the same time. And we're in a fast paced environment. And that's one of the challenges that I've had with people I've hired, you know, we're, we're in a broker world, we have to know a lot of different platforms from every different investor and all the technologies that we use. And that's been a point of, of um, challenge in the past. Mm -hmm. So I think that if you can hire experienced and they have that and you can determine the aptitude, that's critical. And how do you determine the aptitude? I think you've got to find ways to test them. You have to, if it's a a loan partner who's going to be doing qualifying and analyzing somebody, give them a really hard file that could potentially have multiple options for an outcome Yes, and see how many they come up with. Mm-hmm. See if they have the ability to think, you know, about, hey, could I have done this as a, you know, if it's an investor, could it have been a debt service loan? Or maybe they've got a really great credit score and a ton of assets, but the income is really tight. Could they have done an asset loan? Could they, you know, can they think critically and be able to go in multiple directions, not just the direction the client called up and asked for and trying to fit that right. that hole, right? And how do you do that as you give them something with a lot of possible outcomes mm-hmm. and see how they what process they go through to draw their options, their conclusions, if you will. So that's one way that I've, I've found can help you determine that. And one of the things that I love, I actually have a, a person that's new on my team that started last week. And when we interviewed her, I the other thing that I've done is that I have learned that I do not, I do not leave the interview process up solely to myself. I bring other people in the organization. The reason I do that is because the truth is there's not really too many people I talk to that I don't love. And so, but loving them, I know what you mean. Yeah, loving them and them being the right fit for the job don't always go hand in hand, right? Right. So, by having brought in some other people, they think of things, they ask some questions that I don't think of. And and what Mm -hmm. I typically will do is I'll do the initial interview, sometimes one or two, and then I'll schedule an interview with the person with some of my salespeople. Mm -hmm. And I do not tell them anything about the interview that I did. They know nothing. As a matter of fact, I don't even share the resume with them. Mm -hmm. They go at it completely cold and that's done intentionally. And then what I do is I just observe the interview process. I don't participate. I I don't want to say I don't participate in it, but I don't lead it. I'll do some upfront introductions and I let them take it. And then what I have the ability to do as an observer is I see things I didn't see when I was the one running it. Yes. So that's been really, really powerful and helpful and me feeling like, you know, I made, we made way better decisions and then mm-hmm. we make a decision and, and it's everybody's in agreement or we don't move forward. I like that. Everybody's in agreement or you don't move forward. Yeah. I think that's so, great. And having your support staff there too, other loan partners, if they're going to be a loan partner, are they going to get along with your people? I think there's ways to do that without making yeah. them feel intimidated during the process. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Well, and I think too, you know, I think that if you have the right personality, I, you know, I don't know, I guess, I guess there could be environments that it could be, be intimidating, but I don't think I'm, you know, when we're doing these things, I don't think we're kind of, you know, look, I, I just had a friend that got a job at Amazon. She went through 12 interviews. Wow. Right. Yeah. So if you want to talk about intimidating, that's, you know, and, and those interviews were not those were not sitting around with a cup of coffee and having a conversation. These yeah. are really intensive personality, behavioral, all kinds of very, very deep evaluations. So, you know, we we talk about something being intimidating, but the truth is you're going to deal with a lot of different people. So if they can't handle the pressure of a couple of people interviewing them, then they're probably not going to do well. And that's good to know up front. It's better to know it up front than yeah. it is to know down the road. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. So I don't, I don't say never to the 
the the no experience. I wouldn't put somebody with no experience in high level position. No, I, I would let them work their way into that. Yes. Now, I think that you know, Stacy. I think my, I think she will develop into a loan partner, and and I give her, I train her, I give her access to any training material that I give to anybody else in my organization. I am not going to hold her back. I want her. She has all of all of the ability inside of her. She just needs knowledge. Yes. So the skills are there. If I can layer the knowledge on top of it, there is not a doubt in my mind. She will not only become a loan partner someday, but she will be a really good one. Yes. We will continue to develop her. And it's it's easier to sometimes, depending on the market, it's easier to fill that position than it is to fill mm-hmm. somebody that's comes more, you know, plug and play, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I can hire plug and play, then, you know, that's really qualified that then that's always going to be preferred. Yes. Well, you know, I'm really passionate about training and the reason I'm passionate about it, well, I would have always been passionate anyway, but I'm especially passionate about it because I didn't get trained when I got into the mortgage business. I was promised training. I never received it. I was lost without it, didn't know what to do. And I ended up getting trained because I came into a brokerage and I ended up getting trained by the reps. There was a B paper rep and there was an A paper rep. And I will never forget the A paper rep and the B paper rep, both of them. But but they taught me the mortgage business because anytime I had a question, I went to them. I should have been able to go to my broker. I should have been able to have a class. I should have been able to find some way to learn. I had to, I felt like I was grasping all the time. I I was just going for it all the time, trying to ask questions, trying to do this. And it really worked, but it took way longer than if I had just taken a class. And so there are courses available to do now, but it's important that if they just don't know the mortgage business, there are classes that they can take to do that. I'm passionate about it. So tell us about your experience with training courses and classes. Well, I'm like you, I came up through the same program. I've got the, you know, I've got the school of hard knocks and, and, um, you know, go get them champ training program. And so I did the same thing you did. And I read guidelines, you know, I, I pulled them out and I would learn them and I would work my way through them. And, yes. you know, the hard part about this business is, you know, the, the training piece of it is you, until you have a real file that you can apply something to, it doesn't always click for people, mm-hmm. but you have to start layering knowledge. And so the best way to do that is like you're talking in in these external programs. And I do think there's tremendous value in the various investors, account executives, and the trainings that those programs offer. But I'm a huge fan. Number one, you do a great program with your wow training and your conversion training. That really, you know, I've got somebody in my team when he went through your wow training, he had already been with me, I think for at the time, three or four years. Mm -hmm. And he came back and all of a sudden took ownership over things that I could not get him to take ownership over. And so that was really valuable to me. And and that's what I need all of my people to do, right? I need them to really take responsibility and understand that, look, in order for us to keep selling, you've got to handle this. You've got to really take charge of this. Don't keep coming to me. If if you've got to keep coming to me, then you're disrupting my ability to keep selling, which gives us job security. So that was super, super valuable. So that program is incredibly valuable to me. I'm a huge fan of the National Association of Mortgage Processors, and I like the underwriting and the um, processing boot camps. Those are programs Mm -hmm. that I really love. A lot of people probably think I overkill it, but I don't think there's any such thing when it comes to training because I think that the more knowledge you have that you can then, again, you can just pivot faster, right? I like, agree. So, you know, when, when it comes into, you know, DU or LP, 
you know, what are the rules of, you know, can I do a one-year tax return? Well, it's different for DU and LP, right? How do I learn that? Well, I have to know the guidelines. I have to, you know, and I have to be paying attention and I have to get exposed to this stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So going through as much of that, and I like, I don't care whether you're a processor, a loan partner, a loan officer or anything. I think if you can get opportunities to get underwriting training, then that's a grand slam because if you can learn what the underwriter wants and how they think, Mm -hmm. then you can prepare and provide the right documentation from day one and prepare your clients accordingly. And it will just go smoother all the way down the road. Yes. We just can't give it to them right at the beginning when they're newbies because they they don't really understand it yet. Yeah. But in processes, right? In steps is what I meant. Yeah. It's, It's layering, right? So you can't everything you do is a compound effect. Yes. So you you didn't get where you are today without having done all the years before today. So it's the same thing and you just pick up right where you are. Now what I we just we just did at the end of the year I had all of my everybody in my organization originators support staff everybody self-evaluate on every program, every technology and basically they had to self self-rate them on everything. I love that. What we did is we're basically scheduling trainings so that if everybody, I wanted to make sure no matter where they were, if they felt like they needed help on a technology and I have every, you know, everybody in my organization that feels that they need help in that space, that it makes sense for us to do the training at one time. Mm -hmm. And so same thing from a product standpoint, you know, I know some people are really proficient. I don't need to take them out of production to train them on something they're already proficient at. So, but for all the people that need help in that space, I take them out at the same time. We bring in an account executive or a couple of them, depending on the product lines and stuff. And we commit the training time. So we're trying to be very intentional about helping them layer their knowledge, get more understanding. So again, and it's funny because they went through a training last week with one of my investors. The investor sent out an updated kind of an overview. It was a non-QM investor. I was reviewing it yesterday and I was like, you know what? I have a file I'm working on right now. I didn't know that they did They did this, right? So Great. you're just, again, layering, Right. Mm -hmm. So you're layering that knowledge and then that gets stored in the memory bank. And the next time something hits your head, you're like, oh, I know that there's somebody out there that does this. How do I go? You know, where do I go to find out? How do I search this out and how do I get this done? So that's what we're doing. And I think it just, you know, but, but I can't do one training, right? It's one training doesn't mean you're going to be proficient at it. No, no. So depending on where each of them are on their knowledge, Mm-hmm. That one training is their layer at that time in their their career. Yes. The next training will layer on top of that and so on and so forth. So, yes. you know, some of them will get to proficiency faster than others. And it's never too late to train someone on something. Like we have people that come through our loan assistant mortgage training bootcamp, which is an online self-paced course. And it teaches them about loans from A to Z, you know, 1003, how to get documentation, everything from A to Z. And What it does is it helps people, even if they are not brand new, even if they've been in the business a year, sometimes two years, we've had people go in it that have been in the business a year or two, and they just never got formally trained. So they don't really know all the ins and outs of things, but it's like giving them the, the base of everything that they've needed that, oh, I didn't realize that. Oh, I didn't realize. It's just nice to be formally trained in not just how to do loans, but how to actually be a great team member, how to have great self-talk, because we always talk about that in every one of our trainings, how to have great self-talk, how to be a great team member, how to just be really, really great at dealing with clients and supporting the loan officer and those types of things. And so I think it's really important that no matter 
how much training they've had or how much experience that they've had, there's still something they can be trained in. And so I love that you're doing that with your team, that you're making sure that this layer, okay, they've learned this. Now let's put them on this one. Let's teach this class. And it's never too late to learn. No, you know, something that I I had forgotten about, I had done this, I don't even know, probably 10, 13 years ago. Uh, There's a program called Situational Leadership. It's a coaching program that's out there. And I had gone through the program to become certified in it. Like I said, 10 or 13 years ago, it's been a while. And I don't know what I, I, I was going through something. I was just wrestling with something and I was like, how can I figure this out? You know, like how can, and I thought, you know what, what, what situational leadership taught us was that your the people that you're working around will give you cues of what the problem is. And so sometimes you can think the cues mean one thing, but if you step back more often than not, they will lead to something else, right? They're, they're, they're the symptom. They're not the real problem. Mm -hmm. Here's one that I find very common. When you find a team member that's having trouble moving efficiently through qualifying things, Mm -hmm. very often it's because they have an insecurity about some products. So it's not that they don't want to, it's not that they don't, you know, it has nothing to do with that. They, they could have the biggest heart. They could have the biggest desire to please everybody involved, but there's some insecurity about their knowledge. And so they get paralyzed in that space. Mm-hmm. So having the ability to identify and then, you know, hopefully they're comfortable enough to be able to communicate where they need to be developed so that you can then bring them the information, right? Mm-hmm. But look for those cues. If somebody in your team is showing resistance or is showing, then what is the real problem? Is it, is it really resistance or is resistance the symptom of something else going on? Mm -hmm. That's a great takeaway. Yeah. So I think that, you know, I'm trying to be more aware of that because I think that, you know, we get caught up, we get busy, right. And we're just going through things and we, we forget to take those pauses sometimes Mm -hmm. and pay attention and, and, you know, really kind of lean into and go, okay, what, what else could this mean? Yes. You know, like this person's working really hard. Everything else that they do tells me that they want to do the right things and they want to perform at a high level. So what else could this possibly mean? Mm-hmm. And you know what I just find a lot of times it's that they just need the training. They need more knowledge. They need some information because, and, and the funny part is, is if we give it to them many, many times, because they already have a lot of information, maybe this is just a new space for them. They'll close the gap really fast. They do. They really do. We've had people, I just, we, we just started a training class this week and we had a couple of the loan officers reach out to us and go, oh my gosh, it is so amazing what they're doing just in one day, in two days, they're, they're taking ownership. They're talking to people differently. They're realizing all the things that I've been trying to show them. And with the very minimal amount of time they're spending doing it right. Cause loan officers are supposed to go out and get business. They're not supposed to be in the office training staff. And so you think as a loan officer that you've told them all the things, but it's all in one training course and it makes a big difference. So it's an honor to be able to train people. It's an honor not only to coach people, but to actually train their teams. It's amazing. It's opened up a whole new world that I'm just really grateful for because in training the team, I've been able to train or help the loan officer. So that yeah. that was the thing is my clients are loan officers, basically, or branch managers or company owners. And so if it helps the loan officer, I'm excited. I'm happy because that's I get, what yeah. I get super excited when somebody, when they have a thirst, right? Yes. When they when they really are like, okay, I I can do this better. What you know, like, what do I have to do? Like when when they're really on the hunt 
and they're like, I want to be really good at what I do, then that that gets me like, I'll help anybody go to the end of the earth if they're on their own mission to to be better themselves. Yes. Yep. Well, I just love it. And I appreciate you, Tony, because you were one of the first ones that said, hey, I'm in, I'm sending them to your training. I don't know what it is yet, but if you're doing it, I can, I can do it. <laughs> no, you guys are awesome. It was, a, it was, I mean, look, we continue every time we bring somebody in, it's just part of our program now. It just makes sense. And, you know, people think like, you know, the people that might be listening to this and, you know, we're all trying to be smart, right? And the last year of the market's been a little bit different. And, and so we get caught up sometimes in thinking about money and, you know, the truth is your time is incredibly valuable and it's very difficult when you're running your business and and doing the things that you're doing and trying to make things come in the door. And if you can give your employee the space to go be intentional and defocused on developing, they will get way more out of it and you will be able to actually continue to sell, which will more than pay for itself. And it will just, it's going to accelerate you so much faster. I think that when I think back about my career, the times that I didn't think I could afford to do something along these lines, Mm -hmm. it cost me 10 times as much as what the upfront cost was because of the slowdown in their ability to ramp up my time spent trying to develop them. And and, and many times my frustration, their frustration, right? Because they're not getting where they want to go. Um, you know, does it jeopardize a relationship because the people on the other end of the phone know that they're not getting, they, they can feel it. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's another piece of it, right? The confidence that somebody gets when they do know. Yes. And, and I think that's one of the big distinctions of when you have somebody that's, that does have this knowledge, it's not, you're not a better salesperson. It doesn't, it's just that you have a level of confidence that when you talk to somebody gives them peace of mind. Yes. So the more knowledge you can give somebody on your team, the more they will talk more confidently, which will parlay into more conversions, which again, trickles down. Yeah, it sure does. Well, thank you so much for being here today. And what what last piece of little tip do you have for loan officers to give us today? Gosh, you know what? You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Be very, very consistent of making sure that you're having really quality conversations. If you can just simply make sure that you are very intentional about that on a daily basis and, you know, set whatever your standard is. I know my goal is 13 quality conversations a day. Keep calling until you get it done. And just, you know, yesterday's over with. You can't, you're not getting it back. So just let go of it. Start today, start fresh, do everything you can and just be consistent. The the reward is in the consistency. Yes, I agree. Well, thank you so much, Tony, for being here today. And for all of you, I appreciate you listening to our podcast. And if you benefited from what we talked about today, please share it with some other loan officers that might get some value out of it. And you know what would really help us out is a five-star review because the more of those that we have on the podcast, the more people will see the podcast. And so I've only had a you know a handful of podcasts so far. We just started a few months ago and it's been really, really fun. But if you could share it, we really appreciate it. And also, if you know anyone that's looking for training, any loan officers or companies or branch managers that are looking to train their staff, we would really appreciate you checking out our website at loanteamtraining.com. So thank you again, Tony, and have a wonderful week. Thank you.
Do you have a loan partner who does the loan consultations, structures the loan and converts the buyer to work with you? Or maybe you have a loan partner or a team member that you would like to move into that position so that you can be freed up to go get even more loans. How about a newer loan officer who could benefit from some training in how to convert buyers to work with them? Our client conversion training is very specific to this role. It will help them convert even more clients to work with you and your team. We help you to be seen as a trusted advisor. We cover every aspect of converting clients to work with you. They're gonna learn emotional intelligence, what it is and how to utilize it. They'll discover the key to a success mindset. Yep, we go deep on this one. How to build rapport right from the first conversation. How to ask the right questions. How to answer objections. Specific dialogues and strategies to overcome rate shoppers. They're gonna practice live with other class members. And they're gonna also learn how to ask for and receive referrals. How to master the loan consultation with loan strategies that help the buyer make great decisions for their future. Client conversion training will set your team apart when they implement the training that they're gonna receive in our class. It's a virtual interactive class on Zoom with live trainers and your team members can attend from wherever they are as long as they have audio and video. Everyone participates. It's a 10 hour live class divided into two and a half hour sessions from 9 to 11.30 on Thursday and Friday for two weeks in a row. Sign up your loan partner today at loanteamtraining.com. You'll find the class on the client conversion training tab.